From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up Board Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, sparring over the schedule and the polls, and this rush defense. Is it special? Wake Up Board Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. It's in Tallahassee, Florida, 2475 Appalachian Parkway. Weekday lunch specials go from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., but on Tuesdays, it goes all day, all night long. Tacos, soft shell, hard shell, beef or chicken, your choice all night long over at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, leading you into trivia night at 7 p.m. sharp. Win money, win bragging rights, uh, self-worth, self-value, self-esteem, all these things boosted uh, with a strong showing amongst the great minds that attend trivia night over at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Warchant.com, your ultimate symbol sports source. Hit the thumbs up if you're listening to us on YouTube, please. Subscribe as well. Welcome back, everybody. Big show uh, yesterday, Corey. Big ratings. Mm. Uh, not that it kind of tapered off last week, which was a little bit odd, like going into the Clemson game. Uh, but everybody's back, though. Yeah, at least everybody came back on Monday. Uh, so subscribe, download the podcast. You don't have to listen to it. Just just get us the numbers, everybody. Get us those right. numbers. Corey Clark, how are you, man? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Hey, you know what? Thanks for asking, Aslan. How are you? How are you doing? How's Tinder? Uh, you, guys, you crushing it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm all right. You know, just... Uh, do what I got to do to survive out there on the streets. It's, it's hard out here. It's hard out okay. here. But uh, surviving and advancing, things of that nature. How was your dinner on Monday night? Uh, it was good. Uh, Stephanie made uh, red beans and rice uh, for Brady and I. Uh, it was piping hot. Uh, she got mad at Brady because he didn't come down immediately to eat uh, the meal. Meanwhile, when he did come down to eat it, it almost burned his tongue off because <laughs> it was so hot. But that's fine. That's neither here nor there. Mm. She's one of those people that she bakes cookies and then puts them on and says, they're ready. And then people burn their faces off. But it was very good. She did a great job. Yeah, red beans and rice, old family recipe. Uh, The sausage, though, we wanted it to be registers, Mm. but they don't have registers up here. So it was a cheap knockoff. So not quite as good, but still. The Clark boys never complain when a homemade meal is is uh, done in this house because it never get that never happens. Oh, absolutely, that never happens. So we needed a we, a homemade meal is uh, right up our alley. All right, I was about to say I'm glad I had some protein in there. When you're like it just red, I'm like you guys ate beans and rice. Like what's going on? Is oh no, there's ham, there's sausage. It's okay. good stuff, man. Okay, good stuff over on Wordchant.com. Whenever Corey writes a column, he does it often. You should be a subscriber. You can read all of it. He speaks well. His mm. his writing though exceptional next level next, next level. level yeah so i guess we can like almost characterize this show as almost like two-day news a lot of stuff we're going to talk about here but let, let's spar a little bit core i'm gonna i'm gonna try to play a little bit devil's advocate here but not that you're com- you know not that you're panicking uh, i don't even want to say you're complaining i just think you're being a little bit critical i, I think those are kind of two different uh verbs adjectives mm. adverbs yeah. whatever uh not good at grammar but uh, the fact that Florida State is fifth now in both polls, like they, they dropped after beating a team that's quite uh, fairly talented. I, that's probably putting it uh, conservatively, but a team that's done well in that venue uh, yeah. to see them drop. Uh, again, we're not panicking or anything, but it's not a good sign, man. It's not. I, I don't want to panic, but it, it's not a good sign. Yeah, and that was kind of the point of the column I wrote is that, uh, look, it, it, we all understand that none of it matters in, um, in late September. 
the the polls that matter matter at the end the middle of December not now but what worries me a little bit is that and I've lived through this it was nine years ago which is about the last time Florida State was uh, relevant in December um, is that you, you, you I get that people would look with a jaundiced eye over a two-point win at Boston College because that was a gross performance there in the final 20 minutes of, of game time but I, I I just for the life of me can't I wrote it in the column, like, Aslan, when do you think the last time it is that a team beat Clemson and fell in the rankings? Yeah. That does not happen. Winning at Clemson, that team was 64-2 and two in its last 66 games in that venue. The losses were, in 2016, a one-point loss to Pittsburgh. They ended up winning the national championship anyway. Clemson, not Pittsburgh. And then last year, the one-point loss to South Carolina. Those are the only two losses that team has had there since Jameis. Mm. That team never loses in that building, and they just lost. When I thought they played pretty well, and I think they're a good team. So it just it concerns me that, okay, I see what's happening here. Florida State, everybody was excited about the win over LSU. Now, oh, okay, well, that was three weeks ago. They, they, lost, they barely beat Boston College. They barely beat Clemson. Let's start pushing them down. And then how do they gain – like if, what I'm concerned about is – look, the likelihood is Florida State's probably not going undefeated, right? It's hard to do that. It's just hard to do that. I hope they do. I've said it. I think they're going to be favored in every game they play the rest of the way. But it is hard in modern football to go undefeated. So they'll have a loss. And how, how penalized are they going to be for that loss? Because they won't be able to make up for it with wins in this conference. I don't think. Like, you beat Duke at home, great, you beat Duke. You're supposed to beat Duke. They have a bunch of two-stars on their team. You beat Miami at home, great, you're, you were at home, and you beat them by 42 points last year. Oh, you beat so-and-so in the championship. That's what, Like, you don't get the benefit of having a big win. It's just these almost losses start to feel like they count as losses. And I was just bum-fuzzled, you know, when you really think about it. And I wasn't I – I'm not as mad as that column probably came off, but – I just I can't fathom we're in a scenario now where you beat Clemson at Clemson and you're being leapfrogged by other teams. Because look at the whole resume, right, Aslan? Like who has a better resume that's undefeated than Florida State? You I'm not asking who looked better on Saturday, September twenty third. I'm asking who has a better resume? Nobody. And yet they keep falling, which is a little concerning. Well, the way I see it is I think the fact of the matter was maybe they're looking at it as Clemson was a 30-yard field goal away from winning that game, which they they missed it. It's a real thing. Now, who's to say the butterfly effect? If Florida State does go down, they seem to embrace adversity. Maybe they drive down the field and score a touchdown and don't even have to go to overtime. But, you know, that, that kind of stands. Georgia's based on reputation, which, listen, man, we lived through it nine years ago. We were defending national champions. Uh, and, and we didn't get respect, so it feels kind of weird criticizing Georgia being ahead of us and maybe no, not looking all that No, it's just like I, I get I get what you're saying there, but you wouldn't look at Georgia, what they've done through four weeks, and say absolutely they're the best team in the country. Correct, but they're, it's based off their reputation and what they've done the last five years versus what Florida State's sure. done the last five years. Same thing with Michigan. You know, Michigan finally played a pretty decent team in Rutgers, and they absolutely dismantled them. But then what about Texas? Well, the thing I think with Texas is the Bama win still is going to – be strong. I, I didn't think, bring this up in the column, but do you think that Bama win 
is that much more impressive than winning at Clemson? It seems like a very similar win. The only difference was one was played at noon and one was played at night. Yeah. You know, Clemson has a very good defense, too. And that was a close game in the fourth quarter. Um, Bama scored more on you than they did South Florida. I'm talking about if you're te- if you're a Texas fan. Yeah. Like, that Alabama team is a little bit of a struggle. It's not, it's not great right now, just like Clemson isn't. And they're very similar programs. But Texas didn't go down for barely beating Alabama. They vaulted to the moon. And when Alabama looked like horse blank the next week at South Florida and only had a 7-6 lead at halftime on uh, on Saturday against Ole Miss at home, Texas wasn't being then penalized for, I guess that Alabama win's not as great as we thought. But I just somehow the Clemson win isn't isn't all that. And I should say this. Let me – let me. I do want to say this because, again, I'm not uh, that upset about it. It does all work out in the end. Texas looked better against Alabama offensively than Florida State did against Clemson. Okay. You I, know, I, I think Texas controlled – it felt like Texas kind of controlled that game. Yeah. Florida State didn't control the Clemson game. Um, some people might say they were fortunate to win, whatever. But – at the, so I get why you would look at the eye test, quote unquote, and say, "Well, man, Texas was kind of in control of that game. Texas was the better team than Alabama, was a better team than Alabama." Mm-hmm. I don't know that you'd watch that Florida State and Clemson game and say Florida State is absolutely a better team than Clemson. But wins used to matter, yeah. and that win over LSU is still really impressive. Yeah. And then winning at a place that nobody wins ever should be held, I think, in more higher higher esteem than getting getting uh, jumped again. Yeah. Like Clemson is not Boston College. And I can understand watching that team play against Boston College and go, all right, maybe they're not as good as we thought. Winning a game at Clemson deserves a lot more respect than Florida State got, just in my in my opinion. That's fair. I think retroactively losing juice on a win is hard unless that team continues to like lose and lose poorly. So like that Texas win over Alabama, I get your point. Alabama is clearly not as good as everyone thought they were going to the season. But they're still winning football games. Now, let them mess around and lose two or three more games. I think at that point, then, then we're in November, right? Then these polls obviously really matter. At that point, I think maybe Texas would lose benefit of the doubt. But as long as Alabama keeps winning, as long as LSU keeps winning too, which I think that's like low-key, probably the second favorite team of any Florida State fan this year, right? Yeah. Like you yeah. need to root for Florida State obviously to win, and you need to root for LSU to win. I think people start rooting for Clemson too. That wouldn't be a bad idea either. Uh, I do wonder a lot. You know, people were real big fans of Ira's three-two-one. Which uh, why wouldn't you be a big fan of it? Uh, I mean, he was kind of pointing out the fact that that Clemson team is probably better than we're giving them credit for. And someone was saying that they'll probably end up going ten and two. I don't. I don't know about that. I don't think that. Yeah. I, I that I think I even wrote in my column. They strike me as a nine and three team. They are guys I'm on the high end. You. On the high yeah. end. Yeah. But they yeah, got to they gotta go. They got to go at NC State. They got to play yeah. Notre Dame. They got to play Miami. They got to play North Carolina. Yeah. They have a tough schedule. Yeah. Um. So that yeah, you're right. They they might be an eight, seven or eight win team. But I guess if you, you know, if they're law, I just if you weren't there like we were there. Uh, you and I were there. I mean, you guys watched it on TV. You saw, but that's a tough. That's such a tough place to play. And I, they did play well. And their front seven is is well. Their whole defense is exceptional. Um, and I thought their quarterback played well. You, the, their quarterback is the reason they lost the game against Duke. Clearly, yeah. He just it was some ridiculous turnovers, and he just wasn't good. He's better now. The Cade Klubnick that Duke faced isn't the same guy that Florida State just faced. Uh, he is he is different. Uh, Charleston Southern, whatever you did, 
he got some confidence there. He was a good football player uh, in that game. And I just think at the end of the year, if let's say Clemson's eight and four, let's say they lose two more times. So the, the, those games you just mentioned, um, you know, a win over an eight and four team on their whole, that's a nice win. But will we retroactively go back and appreciate that win? Or is it, yeah, Clemson's not Clemson, so who cares? It's that. I mean, because yeah. they'll be 8-4. and four, that, That's not who they are. That's not who they've been the last 10 years. They haven't been an 8-4 team, even when they've looked bad, quote-unquote. But if all their so. other wins, all their other losses on the road, and this is their only home loss, yeah. well, that's a little bit of a feather in the cap. Yeah. But, but also, um, you know, I guess, I guess it's just the reactionary nature of these polls and that, um, you know, Florida State was the best team in the country or one of the best teams in the country three weeks ago. Then they struggle at Boston. Okay, they're not as good as we thought. Well, how'd Texas do? Well, Texas was in a 10-10 game in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter at home against Wyoming. That's not held against them at all. They're still living off the win at Alabama. And they looked good this past Saturday against an outman team, a Baylor team. But they looked good. I get it. But they played four games. They struggled against Rice. They beat Bama. I thought they struggled against – well, I know they struggled against uh, Wyoming. And then they looked good in their last game against Baylor. But well, Baylor right, isn't great man. shakes, but I, I get it. Yeah. But that's my it's like that that resume gets you to vault over Florida State and then Ohio State winning at Notre Dame is better than the two good wins that Florida State has. And my point being, okay, let's say Ohio State loses to Michigan and Florida State loses at Florida. And Florida's nine and three. Or Florida State loses at home to Miami. Whatever. Ohio State and Florida State both finish with one loss. Who's getting picked for the playoff? That's that's where the concern comes in, yeah, no, because man. that that's that's just my biggest concern is that these wins will be devalued because they're ACC wins um, or they're they were too long ago. And that Clemson had a quote unquote down year. So big, big whoop. You only beat Cle- you beat Clemson on the road, even though nobody else does it. Uh, big deal. You're supposed to do that. All right. It's almost like I even said this um, last week. If Florida State had lost to Clemson, then what's Clemson ranked right now? 16th? Yeah, probably 17 because yeah, they were they were 23rd, I think, in the coaches yeah. poll. And so. they just beat the number a top five team yeah. at home and looked good doing it. Pretty good doing it. Yeah. If that kid makes that field goal. Right, um, because you slowed down this potent offense. That yeah, LSU yeah, man, couldn't I, stop I think anything, you're yeah. and then you beat Syracuse next week. Clemson's all of a sudden like 14th in the country again. Yeah. Well, heck, it's almost like if we're playing by SEC rules, that would have been better for Florida State. <laughs> like it makes Clemson look like a uh, a, a good loss. As opposed to a bad win, which right now, somehow we live in a world where winning at Clemson is a bad win. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being too sensitive. And it is just how it looked. But I'm tired. We It's been a decade since we had to deal with this, Aslan. I'm tired of wins, close wins being uh, taken for granted or devalued. Are you getting like if you're number three in the country and you win at Clemson on no planet, do you fall in the polls? On no, in no planet does that happen. That that should never happen. That's just a crazy world we now live in when it comes to college football. That's all. And I brought up the point that uh, Duke was 41st in the country. If you count others receiving votes and, and track them all, there were 40 teams that had more votes in the preseason than Duke. They were 41st in the country in the AP poll. They beat Clemson at home and jumped to 21 in the country. So they jumped 20 spots on the strength of that win against Clemson. Florida State beat that same Clemson team at Clemson and dropped. That just seems absurd. That's all. But 
understand, folks. I get it. It do- Florida State, number one, needs to play better on offense, clearly. Needs to find a rushing game, or none of this is going to matter anyway. Um, but and it's also late September. And it's a bye week. What else are we going to talk about, folks? Yeah. What else are we going to – we haven't even talked to anybody since the last time. No interviews uh, <laughs> since the last time you listened to us. Um, so we got to talk about something. But, yeah, I just think that I get it. There's so much more room. To, there's so much more things to worry about. And this will take care of itself if you keep winning. My only concern, and I'm calling it now on September 26th, is if they lose a game, pay attention to how far they drop. And if the any of the wins that are left on their schedule can push them back uh, towards the top, where they have a legitimate chance of uh, of getting in the playoff. I still think, and what do you think, Aslan? Let's say they do go, uh, they lose a regular season game, and then win the eight. Let's say they lose, uh, I was going to say Miami. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, okay, not going to put that out in there. Wake I'm not going to put that evil in the world. Wake. Let's say they lose at Wake. Okay. And then they beat Miami in the regular season. By two scores. And then they beat North Carolina in the championship game. By two scores. Yeah. I don't care if it's by a point. I don't know, man. I think style points are going to matter. If the twelve, if they're twelve and one ACC champs, and beat, you know, Miami, North Carolina, at Clemson, at Florida, LSU, yeah. is that enough to get them in? Because I don't I hear it in your voice. You probably think it's not. Probably not. I just there's. I, I wouldn't say that. I I can just see so many different. Things happening. Maybe a 13 and 0 Georgia team loses to a, a 11 and 1 LSU team in the in the SEC championship game, yeah. right? Or Alabama runs the table and then beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, and it's a close game. You can't leave Georgia out. Uh, you know. Meanwhile, Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State are going to all beat up on each other. But yeah. whoever ends up winning the Big Ten is probably going to be looked upon as being having a better team than whoever wins the ACC. In this case, obviously Florida State. And I don't know, man. Listen, I, I get it. Like it, it's going to be a cool story for the Pac-12 to get somebody in in the last year of the playoff, maybe. Uh, but everyone's going to be gnashing their teeth about they don't play defense. Like Washington, Southern Cal, Utah. Like they're they're all going to beat up on each other too. And yeah. I think you know if you end up being that one loss team, like if you're say it's Southern Cal and they end up losing to Utah as they always do, but they play Oregon in the championship game. Oregon's only got one loss. I just think there's probably a better chance that Florida State ends up playing a two loss team in their championship game than any of those one loss teams. A one loss Michigan, yeah. one loss Ohio State plays a multiple loss champion. Or actually maybe Big Ten Big Ten, I don't know, because whatever, the West is weak, so I, I take it back on that. But the SEC and the Pac-12 are probably going to be an undefeated team versus a one-loss team or a one-loss team versus a one-loss team, whereas the ACC is going to be maybe a one-loss Florida State team against a multiple-loss opponent. Yeah, and I guess it does matter who the loss is to and who you're beating and all that. I get it. I just yeah. – we, we live through this again where Florida State, if they win, if they win narrowly – um, they get they get punished for it. No. And I'll be on. Let's see at the end of the year. Let's see at the end of the year what's more impressive: beating Clemson at Clemson or beating Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Because that's what it is. Because again, you know, we don't want to belabor it, but again, there's not a lot to, else to talk about. But the team that the reason Florida State dropped is because Ohio State jumped. It's because Notre Dame did look really good in their first three games. Did, well, can you look up Ohio State's other scores real quick? Not great, other than last week against Western Kentucky. They, Western Kentucky you're yeah, talking yeah. about. And right? listen, and I get it. Notre Dame beat like Tennessee State, but they, they dismantled Georgia Tech. Uh, who else? They beat some. They, they hammered NC State in Carter-Finley Stadium yeah, in that was sloppy a good conditions. Yeah. Ohio State beat Indiana 23-3, to Youngstown State 35-7, to 63-10 over Western Kentucky, 
and then had a three-point win in Notre Dame. Uh, I guess maybe it's the fashion. Right? I guess I would I would ask why is the three point win over Notre Dame? Is it just because of the Duke game that Clemson lost to Duke? Like, is that why a three point win over Notre Dame? It's is reactionary taken? to your point, Corey. Yeah. Right? Like, it's that's yeah. it's a recency bias, and that was I the just think, nationally look televised at the game. totality of the resume after four weeks. And it, look, it's not all voters. Like, some people are still voting Florida State number one. Some of them have number one or number two. That's where I would have them right now. Probably is two. Um, Maybe three. I mean, I think it's fair to have them behind Georgia and Michigan uh, because because of their re- because of what they brought in. And it's not like they've well, Georgia did struggle, but Aslan's right. You're going to get the benefit of the doubt, unless you're 2014 Florida State. You're going to get the benefit of the doubt when you're the defending champs. So um, they were down 14 to three at home to South Carolina. That's a that's by far a worse win than beating Clemson at Clemson. They're Georgia, so they're gonna. They're not gonna. Go, nobody's gonna vote them down. It's just that Florida State. It feels like let's let's start poking holes at it. And what do they have to do with Virginia Tech? Like, is there anything they can do to Virginia Tech to warrant moving up? No. Somebody's now gonna have to lose in front of them. There's no other. Maybe Miami. If Miami comes in nine and zero, and you beat them, you could vault one of those teams ahead of you if they're all still undefeated. But I will say this: it doesn't matter right now because Penn State's undefeated, Washington's undefeated, USC's yeah. undefeated. Yeah. Um, they're all going to play each other. Ohio all State, Michigan, they're all yep. going to play each other. Uh, but Georgia's not going to play anybody else. No, they don't. Georgia has yeah. a ridiculous schedule. Uh, it's awful. Uh, it really is. They've played one Power 5 team. The only Power 5 team Georgia's played this season, they were down 14-3 to at home at half. Hmm. Um, and they're playing Auburn, who is barely a Power 5 team this week. So they don't get – I don't know. You look at their schedule. I don't – at Tennessee yeah. is the closest thing they have to a real game all season. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day though, Florida state has to play better. And if Florida state plays better, this should be a moot point. And I mean, offensively, yeah, yeah. um, it should be a moot point. They, they are too good. They are so good that they can play a B minus game, C plus game. Probably I'd say it's a C game and win at Clemson. Yeah. You know, they weren't as bad. Like I, at Boston college, they were bad there late. I don't think they were ever bad against Clemson. Clemson. Yeah. You know, Clemson could dictate some stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, those those guys are NFL guys. Those linebackers are great. Uh, their corners played really well, I thought. And those that's an NFL defensive line. Um, that yeah, they Xavier Thomas kids. Yeah, that, that the Thomas kids finally living up to his five star billing. Tyler too. Davis is awesome. Yeah, like they got dudes. Uh, they they it's not an accident where they're ranked in these recruiting rankings. Um, so it's not like it's hard to say Florida State played awful. No, they not didn't. at all. They did not. I, I agree with what you said. They did. They played like their C game, which that's kind of exciting, but that's not. Isn't what, that though? Yeah. Like again, I think we talked about it yesterday. But man, isn't that exciting to think about what it can be? Like once you talk about an exhale, mm. like you just got through this first month four zero, and I listened to Jeff's show, uh, some of Jeff's show on Monday, Jeff Cameron, right here on uh, War Chant TV, mm. um, and. He's right. It's like you can't you can't get too upset about what you've seen the last two weeks because you're four and zero. Yeah. Also, just because you're four and zero doesn't mean you can't look at what's happened the last two weeks and go, well, golly, if we could just clean that up, what would this thing look like? Yeah. Um, and that's the truth, man. I, I just, you know, if they can get to what Duke at six and zero, if they're six and zero playing Duke, and let's say Jordan Travis hasn't had a been hit. In a month, the last hit he took was against Clemson, yeah. um, and then you know they can get by against they get a bye week, they get 
Virginia Tech. Hopefully he doesn't have to run in that game. Maybe against Syracuse, they can establish a running game, figure that out, and he's not counted on to run. If all of a sudden he's like a fresh Jordan Travis and you're you're on week you're in game seven and you're six and oh without having a like a uh a, a fully loaded, a fully realized Jordan Travis, man, you can get you get real excited about what this season could be. Like, I know you guys already are, but think about what this offense can be if it had a running game. And think about what he can do with those those plays. When you talk about him rolling to the right and just lobbing it up downfield to Johnny Wilson, the, the, the one per, they have a chance of being like a 10% chance of being completed. Imagine him just being able to take that, and instead of now you're facing third and 10, he runs around right in for 11 yards or even eight yards. And it's third and two. It just changes everything. And it's going to look so much better. It's going to look like it did the second half of last season. Oh, the second half against LSU, which was not as that long too. ago. Yeah. yeah. He can make people miss in space. He doesn't always have to run for yardage. He's not the kid from BC. But he can run and make plays with his legs. And that opens up everything. It is such a huge weapon. And I feel like they're just not operating at peak capacity, full capacity right now, because he can't run. Or he will not run. He might be under orders not to run. And with that taken away from the offense, there's only a ceiling to what it can be. And you just happen to play one of the best defenses in the United States in their own stadium. So that's tough, too. Uh, What's not tough is facing the day with some vitamin energy in your system. Mm. Vitaminenergy.com, promo code WARCHAMPBOGO, WARCHAMPBOGO, buy one, get one free. Vitamin Energy, the first ever clinically tested, clinically proven energy shot on the market. 75% 75% of folks who took one shot for 14 days, 75% said they're able to focus and concentrate better after taking a vitamin energy shot. 75% also of the respondents after 14 days of taking one shot every single day said the effects of a vitamin energy shot last longer than coffee or other caffeinated drinks. It's, it's science, everybody. It's, can you hear the paper rattling? These are documents in my hand. Uh, I'm reading them. They're real true things. Try it for yourself. Shake it and take it. Go to vitaminenergy.com. The folks over there that are FSU alums set you up with that cool promo code, WarChampBogo, WarChampBOGO. Buy one, get one free. Vitaminenergy.com, promo code, WarChampBogo. Shake it and take it. Um, I'm not excited about it, but we don't care about me. Uh, we care about you folks. Uh, a lot of people exhaled, Corey, when they saw the Virginia Tech game. will be at 3.30. Mm. So no noon game for all you folks. Uh, you can get your lather on, enjoy the Knolls taking on yep. a pretty, uh, pretty not great Virginia Tech team these days. But whatever, you know, just hammer them. Hammer yeah. them. Do what you should do uh, and look good in doing it. Corey, do you know that through the first four weeks of the season, the ACC has six teams, six that are 4-0. and uh, That's the most among any conference in all the FBS. In fact, the six teams to start the season of 4-0 ties the SEC in 2012 for the most teams in a Power 5 conference to start 4-0 in a single season in the AP poll era. Okay. Maybe, we, maybe right. we shouldn't leave after all. Yeah, I mean, it's a juggernaut. This conference is a juggernaut. I'm sure ESPN's about to rip up that contract right now and get, us a, get everybody a new grant of rights to put them on par with the SEC and the Big Ten. So it's, so it's Miami, Syracuse, Duke. Yeah. Florida Flor- State. Yeah. Louisville, Louisville, and North Carolina. Correct. So you play three of the five that aren't you. You play them yep. uh, 
down the stretch. And I'm telling you, man, there is a chance. Now, Miami has a tough schedule, tougher schedule anyway than Florida State would appear. But there's a chance they're on like a collision course. And think about this, Aslan. Say they are both 9-0. and Well, if Florida State's 9-0 and at that point, they'll probably be ranked 18th in the country, the way things are going. <laughs> but let's say both teams are 9-0 and and Florida State is 3 and Miami is 6. Ooh. Buddy, think about what that place will be on that night, what Tw- it'll feel like. 20 and years. Then- 20 years since the last time they both were in the top 10, right? The 2003 rain game. No, I think they were both in the top 10 and 13. I mean, Miami was fraudulent that season, yeah. but I think they were undefeated when they came in. Yeah, well, 10, uh, ten year anniversary of that one, but I'll look that's it up right. on an old fan. Yeah. Um, and then that game was no contest. You knew that wasn't going to be a, a great, great game. But um, this one would feel different, I think. This would be much more evenly matched than that 13 team would be. But if Miami's undefeated, we don't know a whole lot about Miami quite yet. That that win over Texas A&M is impressive. Let's see them stack. A, you know, it's they haven't played anybody since. So let's yeah, see what they do against Carolina. That game against Miami, Miami of Ohio is actually fairly. Oh yeah, all right. you're right. They you're right. The and, and then, but yeah. they have Carolina and Clemson, right? Miami. Before they play Florida State. Uh, that sounds about right. By the way, they were seventh in 2013. So there you go. Uh, per Nailed usual, it. you were right. But what I was saying is, if they, both teams are nine and zero or ten and zero, wherever that falls, maybe that's ten and zero. Maybe that'd be their. I think that'd be they. Florida State would be. No, they'd be nine and zero. Anyway. If they're both undefeated going into that game, no matter what happens, they're probably playing again in Charlotte. Hmm. Right? Finally. I guess, yeah, I guess you don't know. Louisville. Right. Louisville doesn't play a tough – they don't play Clemson, North Carolina, or Florida State. Yeah. They might play Miami? They do, yeah. They play them the week after Florida State. Oh, all right. So it could be Florida State and Louisville. Uh, who knows? Or Louisville. However we're supposed to pronounce Louisville. it. I, I forget. Louisville. 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 Um, yeah, man, it's just that that's just looking ahead if Florida State can take care of what it needs to take care of. And that's not just mean like, go ahead and get these wins. I'm not dismissing them. I mean, I mean, take care of like getting better. Like they, there's no you're not listening to a podcast that's saying that Florida State is perfect because we clearly aren't. They've got to be better about um, the way they start defensively. And they've got to be better about um, just offensively in general. They've got to throw the ball better. They've got to throw the ball to more people, and they've <laughs> absolutely got to run the ball. Yeah. And if they could do that, but that's what I want to see. That you've got a month now. Um, and again, I'm not count. I'm not ca- counting any of these as automatic wins. Virginia Tech's the closest you got, but it's not an auto win. They just those don't really exist anymore in college football. This is as close as you have the rest of the way. Not counting North Alabama, but it's not an auto win. Syracuse and Duke aren't either. We're about to find out more about both of those, though. Like Duke has Notre Dame, Syracuse has Clemson. We'll see if both of those teams are still undefeated after this weekend. Well, batten down the hatches, folks, because mm. it's going to be a crazy October. But, um, but yeah, I, they have a chance here over the next four weeks. They're not playing LSU. They're not playing a rain. They're not in a spiral against Boston College, and they're not playing in one of the toughest venues in the country against the maybe the best defense in the country or top five. Go, go, exert some will. Go, I, I just, how encouraging would it be, Aslan, if this October looked like last November? Oh, yeah, man. When you go and you just hammer teams, which is, this team is certainly capable, capable of Capable of, exactly. Yep, We've seen it. capable of it. Um, I certainly hope that is the case. Uh, Duke does have, I mean, what if the AC's actually all right this year, right? Like, what if Miami and, Notre, and, and Duke, listen, North Carolina's got maybe the number two overall pick on their team that's the quarterback and Drake May. Uh, you know, what if Duke ends up being a, a 
ten and two, nine and three team and, and fills the vacuum, if you will, of like Clemson being ten and two last year, nine and three. Mm-hmm. And if Miami ends up being ten and two, uh, which I, I don't know if they will, but like, you know, shoot, they might be this might be a better conference than the SEC this year. But I mean, Ole Miss is not who they thought they were. Uh, Jackson Dart's clearly not uh, it. Uh, Alabama's not looked all that great, and. Uh, the East is down. You know, Tennessee lost to Florida. I don't think that's the first time they're going to lose. I don't think Florida's going to run the table from here right. on out. Florida's uh, an underdog to Kentucky this weekend. Oh, yeah. It's in, uh, it was a great soundbite. Did you hear the soundbite from Mark Stoops? No. Uh, he was asked about uh, whether he's worried about it being a noon game and not getting the full uh, fan uh, experience from uh, the folks in, in Big Blue Nation. And he's like, I have great confidence that the people of Kentucky can wake up early and pound some beers. Oh, there you go, Mark. Well said, saying. buddy. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Kentucky favored by two and a half at home. By the way, does that not seem – look, you know who I'm rooting for, folks. Mm. But if that if there's nothing that says free money, it's betting Florida against Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, what Florida has done to Kentucky and Tennessee for three decades – well, I thought Kentucky actually like the last five, six years – I mean, since Mark Have Stoops, they? I, think, I know I think they beat them down there once. Did they beat them last year? They might have beaten them last year, right? Yeah, Richardson, I think, I think okay, they maybe they've done better against them than in, in recent memory, but still, Florida being an underdog at Kentucky with the history of that rivalry um, seems a little iffy to me. Um, but yeah, but yeah, look, man, I think you could make a case that the Pac 12, you could make a case, nobody will buy it, but from <laughs> top to bottom, depth wise, the SEC could be third or fourth. Like, the Pac-12 has some real, especially on offense. I mean, the Pac-12 is a cool, good conference. Yeah. yeah. You've got USC, Utah, Washington, Oregon State, Washington State. Yep. I know I'm leaving somebody else. Oregon. Yeah. Come on, man. Those are good teams. Colorado, don't forget about them, guys. How could anybody? <laughs> um, and then the Big Ten obviously has, I think the Big Ten is top heavy. But those are three juggernauts at the top. Like, those are three good, good teams, I think. And then the ACC, like you said, I think Florida State is the is the best. But you know, Carolina, Duke, Miami—they're sneaky. Maybe they're pretty. They're sneaky, pretty good. I the ACC is not better than the SEC. I, now, as I say it out loud, that's not true. But it's not. Maybe better quarterbacks. Absolutely, they do. Who is the best quarterback in the SEC? Jaden Daniels. I guess yeah. So yeah. who's number two? The kid at Georgia who. We don't know anything about yet. Uh, uh, Milton. Max Johnson, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Good job, Jimbo. You got another uh, quarterback on your hands there. Another quarterback controversy, probably. Um, By the way, yeah. Kentucky has won the last two against Florida and three of the last five. Oh, they do own the they do own the rivalry. Yeah, man. Mark Soup's don't mess around, man. So they went like 25 years in a row without beating them. It was terrible. It was... And now they flipped it. Just like, just like Florida State's just about to do to Clemson. Mm-hmm. You know, Love that's the, that's what we're in the midst of watching a, a turnaround quite like uh, like Florida, Kentucky. But um, but yeah, I think when you look at that's what gets me so frustrated, I guess, about ranking a team high off a big win and then knocking them when they lose. It's like, man, look around the country like wins are all that matter. Wins should be all that matters. Wins are what matters. Um, if you can keep winning, you don't need to lose your spot in line because it's hard to win. Like it just, it's, it's again, it's just hard to win. Like if you stay undefeated, you don't drop in the power rankings. You you just, that's who that you, you're doing what you can do because it's so hard to win from week to week. And that goes for all these conferences. I have no idea how good Syracuse is. I know they're not a pushover. I know Duke isn't a pushover. 
Miami certainly seems to be very good. Like I just, I want you to get in any of these power five conferences and especially cause you did beat LSU and you did win at Clemson. You, you shouldn't be penalized for then uh, say you only beat Syracuse 38 to 27. That's not a horrible win. That's a good win. Syracuse is a bowl team, capable guys, great coach, really fun loving that guy. <laughs> Go watch his interviews, folks. He's uh, he's something else, old Dino. MyBookie.ag. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. And use the promo code WordChamp for an instant cash deposit bonus. As we mentioned, Florida uh, giving two and a half out to the Wildcats of Kentucky mm. at home. Uh, not the no, they're gr- getting to, aren't they? they? Uh, no, Kentucky's favored by two and a half. That's what I'm saying. So they're not giving away the points. No, they're, they're getting, getting the points. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Maybe on, you should Aslan. do. The, maybe you should do the read sometime, Corey. <laughs> Sorry, my fault. My fault. <laughs> Uh, Texas getting given out 17 against Kansas. Texas, come on. They, Kansas plays them close. Uh, yeah. that, maybe that'll be a real indicator of whether or not they're back. Uh, what about Nebraska? Do you think they keep it close against Michigan? They're uh, getting 18 at home in Lincoln. Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think that's a good bet. Nebraska's got a good defense, man. Um, and if you've got a good defense and Michigan struggles and it's only like, let's say, 14-7 to 7 at half or 14-6, to 6, uh, maybe things can get goofy in the second half and Nebraska could keep it close and maybe, hey, maybe pull up the big upset. I would, I'd be very surprised if that happened, but I think they can stay within. When they have a defense like that, as long as they don't give up because the offense is so bad, uh, they have a chance. And they're not playing Jeff Sims anymore. Mm. So that they're helps. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. worth 10 points right there. How about Duke getting six at home against Notre Dame coming off that heartbreaker? Heartbreaker. Man, I – yeah, it just seems like a game that Duke will find a way to, like, maybe be exposed. But I don't know if Notre Dame's the team that can do it. I don't think their offense is all – I mean, Sam Hartman, you know, if anybody's not going to be overwhelmed by being at Wallace Wade Stadium – it's Sam Hartman. He's been there before. So he's telling all his teammates what it's like to be there and how what a raucous atmosphere that is. But, I, yeah, I would say I like Duke getting six at home. So do I. Especially so do I. Notre Dame coming off that agonizing loss, like you said. Um, and last one, going probably way too long on the read. Here, This is just disgusting, but let's, let's do it. Michigan State, Iowa, in oh. Iowa City, the total points, 36 yes. and a half. Under. <laughs> Under. 27 to nothing. Uh, come on, Harlan. Iowa, Iowa will block two punts or something. <laughs> come on, Harlan. MyBookie.ag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. And use that uh, promo code WordChamp for your instant cash deposit bonus. All right, Corey. Uh, this Florida State running defense was showcased. Mm. It's been showcased in, in front of everybody that's watched this team. But, you know, Ira did a really good job of really accentuating just how crucial it's been to the success of this team uh, through the first month of the season, uh, just you know, it, seemingly game plans go out the window. Maybe when they when teams play against Florida State, or are they coming into these games knowing already what is on film? You know, Jeff Halfley said going into the game that like Florida State's one of those teams where you don't want to watch the film more than once no. because you kind of get you get scared, you get you get depressed knowing what you're going to have to go against. Um, you know, I don't want to use the throw the word special around or whatnot, but just has it been a surprise to you? I know that that was the one part of that defense, statistically, obviously. Listen, I know people uh, did not think the defense was great last year, but statistically they were. I mean, they were in the, the, the mid-20s. Uh, but that run defense, I think, was in the 70s. Has it been surprising to you so far that they've been able to 
you know, listen, they, they, they hemmed up Maffa and, and Shipley other than I think maybe one run apiece for those guys. You know, Boston College, it was the quarterback that did all the damage. You know, LSU's vaunted offensive line couldn't do much against Florida State either. How much of a surprise or has it been uh, kind of par for the course for your expectations going to the season? No, it's exactly how I thought it would play out. Maybe I didn't know they'd be quite this stout, um, especially once they lost Daryl Jackson. Um, but no, man, they, they are uh, – I thought they'd be good, and they have been. Uh, again, you can look at – the numbers don't necessarily do it justice because Jane Daniels and Cassianos are such unique quarterbacks, but, and Southern Miss got a bunch of cheap yards against third stringers in the second half. But when Southern Miss had its offense in the game, they didn't even try to run the ball. And when they did, there was nowhere to go. Clemson, like we said, if you take away the one run, which you can't, but if you take away the one run, I think those guys combined for like 80 yards on 30 carries or 27 carries. Like, they averaged less than three yards per rush except for one run. That's a big run. But then they fumbled two plays later. And, and you know what happened after that, Aslan, that we didn't talk about? So, uh, what's my man's name? Shipley's backup? Maffa, Phil Maffa. Maffa, very good. From from uh, Grayson, Gwinnett County. Oh, stand, stand up. up. Stand up. Yeah. Um, so, Maffa, after that 45-yard run, when you felt like the game was on the precipice of maybe getting away, the very next play, they give it to him again. He goes left. And Verse slams him down like a child. Like Verse comes off a block, picks him up, and slams him to the ground. He gets zero yards. And it was like, okay, yeah, remember, you can't run on us. That was a statement play. And then the very next play, because they realize, okay, it's second and ten. We can't try running again. Deloach uh, changes the game on the blitz. I, I, When you know going into games that other teams can't run by traditional means, that's – I mean, I would say, I don't know. I haven't looked at the numbers. Florida State has to be in the top five or ten in the country in run defense when it comes to running backs. Like, in, I don't know what the total yardage they've given up to running backs this year. I'm going to guess 200 total. And I bet in 80 came on two runs. The 35-yarder at the end of the half on a draw that they were not coached up well there. Were not, they just didn't have any situational awareness. And the, and the 45-yarder against Clemson. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think their longest run is like a 15-yarder. And another play I wanted to bring up, Aslan. So the end of the half, the end of the third quarter, after Deloach uh, ties the game, Shipley has his only kind of decent run of the game, which was like a 16-yarder where he ran over Renardo Green. Just trucked him. And that was the last play of the third quarter. Well, the first play of the fourth quarter is another give to Shipley. And guess who makes a tackle in the backfield? Renardo Green. Renardo Green. Like, I just love that response from this team. And that was one thing that Jeff and I were talked about on a show that I think we do need to appreciate. It is a really tough football team, man. Yeah, absolutely. It is physically tough. They don't block well right now. they got to figure out what they're doing in the offensive line. Do they have the right people playing? Are they are they calling it the right way? Do they need – they got a week – they got a two weeks to kind of figure out what they are as an offense and make changes and tinker if they need to. But they are physical, defensively, up front. They are stout. And they are so tough mentally, man. That is a that is a mentally tough team. You're down ten nothing on the road. Nothing is going well. And then Trey Benson makes a great back shoulder catch that gets the offense going. Obviously, Johnny and Keon did their thing. Jaheim made some plays. Jordan was Jordan uh, for some stretches of that game. It's just it's really cool to know that you have a you don't have a team that's gonna completely pee down its leg. Mm. they live for adversity. And I don't know if you watched the uh, cinematic recap, 
which those things are great, by the way, folks. Go watch those about the Clemson game. But that's what Norvell told him. It's like y'all, y'all embrace the adversity. He goes, I told you there was adversity coming. And y'all handle it like you always do because you embrace it. You want it. And they just do a really good job with it, man. They, I, it's just, it's a mentally tough team that, yeah, it's not perfect. Nobody is, but not this you, have the, you have this mindset, right? You have a team that I think is very mentally tough. You have a defense that just completely shuts down running games. And you have an offense that has not come close to clicking over the course of a four-game stretch so far, and you're 4-0. I mean, you have a chance to be really special this year, probably better than I thought you were going to be, which is weird because we wouldn't say they played great the last two weeks. But no. these last two weeks have almost given me more, um, you, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Not determination, but more confidence mm. that this team is better than I thought it was. I would have thought if they're going to win at Clemson, they would have to play a B, at least a B game, maybe an A game. And if they're going to blow, if they're going to be 4-0, they will have had to have been played almost at their ceiling. Or have a bunch of luck go their way, maybe. They haven't. No. no. They haven't. You know, they don't have – they haven't created a ton of turnovers. Now, the one they the, the one they created was a big one, um, but and the one they had in Boston College was a big one. But they haven't created – they don't. They haven't had great turnover luck as far as creating a lot of them or recovering fumbles or anything. Injury luck, they lost two starting offensive linemen. They lost the safety that apparently is more valuable than we could have ever predicted. <laughs> um, and yet they're 4-0. Their, their quarterback is banged up. And they have a, I just, I, you know, I get, I get kind of giddy thinking about if this team is operating near its ceiling, that it literally, I'm more confident now than I was in August 20th, that oh. when this team plays well, it might be the best team in the United States. And I am absolutely positive if it plays well, it can beat anybody in the country. This year, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, that's I, what I mean. This year, yeah, it's all, yeah, yeah. This it's year, all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the how you brought up the cinematic recap. I, I did not watch. I've never watched because it'll make me jealous that I don't have that access and I can't film because I'd be like, I could do better than this. Oh, man. Come on, buddy. Uh, but don't I did like see that. he said that um, he's like, I know it's not going to be pretty. Or maybe they didn't say, I know it's not going to be pretty. Like, it might not be pretty, but I know the team I coach. I know who I ride with. Right. And, I, and it, that's kind of what I was trying to talk about yesterday on the show that, listen, as awesome as they look in that second half against LSU, that clearly resides in them. We saw that. The entire preseason. That's why we felt so confident going to the LSU game. It's why I went onto all these LSU podcasts. And I was like, "Yeah, uh, I don't care about Harold Perkins or anybody. They're just better than you guys, and they're going to show it." And they did. Um, but maybe they just—not that they have to stub their foot like 2014 and dig themselves in holes—but maybe just gonna, they're going to get everybody's best shot. They're going to be in pretty much dogfights every single week because maybe this schedule isn't as soft as we thought. Maybe this conference is better than we imagined. But ultimately, you found yourself. With your back against the wall, and, and you could have easily lost a Boston College game, and I know it's Boston College, but you found a way to pull that game out and win, and not just the penalty on the face mask, but creating negative plays on that yeah. final drive. Going into Clemson, you know, whatever, man. You know, they missed the field goal. You could have gone there and ended it in regulation. You did not, but you know, you got the ball first in overtime. You might have been, you might have played tight. You could have possibly played tight, but it worked out perfect. You you hooked up with your your receiver that was kind of playing up and down a little bit the last few weeks. And then your defense went out there and got a big stop. So uh, this might just be a team that, you know, as Norvell says, like built to win these close games. And this season, across college football, where there is no dominant, runaway, clear number one team, you want to be the team that can find a way to grit out wins. And yeah, and it's a team. It. 
it's a team that maybe isn't certainly the last two weeks has not been dominant from start to finish, but it has stretches of utter dominance. Um, you know, that's what it's shown me is that LSU, you had the 38 to three run, obviously Southern Miss, you beat them by a hundred Boston college, as ugly as that thing was, you had a 28, nothing run in that game, right? Pardon? Yeah. Right. They were down 10 to three and then they were yeah. up 31 to 10, 28 yep. to nothing. That's yep. crazy yep. that it came that close. Get your stuff together. How are you going to get – anyway, so you had a 28 nothing run in that game, and then in that Clemson game at Clemson, you finished off with a 24-7 to run. That's And it, their their last touchdown was, was benefited greatly from a face mask on Fabian Lovett. They had a touchdown that I think – I don't think Tatum Bethune – I know he held, but it was also – yeah, I mean, that stuff happens all the time. I didn't think you got a great whistle against Clemson. No. Uh, every single touchdown they had benefited some way or another from a, from a, a penalty on you guys, including Braden Fisk running back into the game after his helmet had come off, which is weird. Don't do that anymore. But you, you gave them some yardage. Um, plus, they made plays. But you still, at their place, after getting down 17-7 to in Death Valley, a place you haven't won in a decade and only won once, in 22 years, you finish that game on a 24 to seven run. That's again, that's, that's there, man. That's what's so cool about it. Now start the game on a 24 to seven run, finish it on a 24 to seven run and quit giving everybody heart attacks. You know, you do what you, you know what I mean? Like go, yeah. go dominate from start to finish against a real team and not Southern miss. That's my next step that I want to see. I don't think it's necessarily in this team's DNA that they're just going to, they're going to be in these dog fights. I, I feel like I don't know I don't know if you could say two weeks in a row is an anomaly. I think the let me put it this way: the Boston College game I think was an anomaly. The Clemson game was just another good team that was a tough game. It felt like an NFL game, like came down to the last possession. Yeah, but what like, if Duke and Miami are that though? You know. Yeah, yeah, it could be, it could be. But I think if they're if they're clearly superior to a team, which they might be, they well they absolutely are against Virginia Tech. Yes. Uh, they absolutely are. I think against Pitt. They should be against Wake, but we'll yeah. see. I think there's still a chance this team is a team that puts that that goes on, that's up 42 to 13 in the third quarter. Hmm. Like I, I absolutely think that's in this team. I think they're just going to get better and better on offense. It's almost like they survived the first month. Now they can reset and figure out what they are offensively, what they have to do to improve that. Again, they had been great until Jordan got hurt, hmm. and then they. You know, they have not been great since then, but they were great until Jordan got hurt. But I do think they need to figure out, OK, why can't we run the ball? And if we're going to struggle running it all year, do we need to change our identity and throw it 75 percent of the time? Which they might. But, uh, you know, then you're also opening up your quarterback to more hits. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But man, 4-0 still don't really truly have an identity kind of on either side of the ball. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like the defense has been great. Well, they stretch you down the run. They make you one-dimensional. They do do that, yeah. But you'd like them to be a little more, well, not a lot better in pass defense. Um, that's something they get to clean up and correct. And the offense has not been great, certainly by its standards. And yet here you are 4-0 with three straight home games coming up. Mm. Uh, that is in a bye. I mean, it's a really good place to be. And there is a chance we're going to look back on those this two-game stretch as the anomaly when it comes to Florida State struggling, quote-unquote, on offense. Yeah. They might be ready to put it together. And think about it, Aslan, last year, you know, it took them till what, game eight? till yeah. the Georgia Tech game? Yeah. yeah. That's when they started. They went, you know, they 
What they have? They had after that three game losing streak, yeah. Yeah, but they had twenty points against Wake Forest at home, seven in the first half in that game. They scored, I don't know, sixteen the whole game against NC State, none in the second half. And then Clemson, they had fourteen points with like six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And then after that game, bombed Georgia Tech, bombed Miami, bombed Syracuse, bombed Louisiana, bombed Florida's defense, and scored thirty five against Oklahoma. So they, they figured it out. They're game a second-half team. They're a second-half team. And maybe they're, yeah, second half of the season team. Yeah. Now, they were horrible last October. <laughs> Let's avoid the October doldrums. And then I really – I mean, don't you just trust Norvell and Atkins to figure this out? Yeah. Yeah, Matt, that, that's a good point you brought up. I, I think they might realize that the offensive line with, you know, the, some of the compromised guys they have, they, they might need to start shuffling some guys around because they they certainly have enough film now, right, to see weaknesses and uh, they've shuffled guys in and out to, to kind of yeah. maybe figure out what the best five are. Well, we'll see. They're, they're like going to trust eight. I, I get they're going to trust eight or whatever, but they they might end up wanting a different five and a different augmentation. Of yeah, it, and right? the, you know, maybe you you know, Byers clearly struggled in that game against Clemson. Uh, right. There's no doubt about it. That is a tough matchup for him. Didn't see a lot of those guys when he was blocking at UTEP. Hmm. Um, but you know, I I still think he has a spot on this team. And if Robert Scott can get healthy, and then you move Bless Harris to right tackle, do you move Byers to guard? Do you, do you, is that even an option? Like, but the thing is you have options Yeah. and they are not going to just, there's no way that Alex Atkins and Mike Norvell, I guess this is the, the overarching point. There's no way that they're looking at what they've done and been like, and watching this film and looking at the offensive numbers and being like, you know what? We're good. Four no, baby. Yeah, right. right. We have arrived. We're four and Don't care how it's done. Yeah. We're four and Suck on that, ACC. Suck on that, everybody. Let, hey, hey, go read me some columns for 2020 again. I just want to I want to I want to reminisce like they're not doing that. They are trying to figure it out because they're not close to being satisfied. They are not happy. They are probably quite honestly, Aslan Atkins, I'm sure, is embarrassed by the running game mm. or lack thereof. That's an awesome place to be when you are four and oh and have a little bit of embarrassment about the way you're playing. Buddy, that is awesome. I just want to see Destin Hill catch some more passes. That's all. That's all I'm asking for. That's all I'm asking for. Uh, on the way out, shout out Kalen Deloach, ACC linebacker of the week. Seven tackles, two sacks, yeah. forced fumble, and obviously 56-yard touchdown on that uh, scoop and score. Co-defensive back players of the week. Uh, one from Georgia Tech, but Renardo Green is the one that we care about. Renardo, seven tackles, one TFL, one PBU. Uh, the TFL was on that third and one in overtime. So, Which is nonsense because if you watch the game, the game I was just talking about or the play I was just talking about after Shipley ran him over, the first play after that, that is a tackle for loss. My man had two TFLs. Okay. I think Jared Burst had two TFLs too, and he, he didn't get credit for it. I don't know how they're how they're got, their stats I think, yeah, I think he only got like half, actually. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense. He had yeah. two, yeah. but whatever. And I don't know. But yeah, congrats to Renardo Green. Yeah, Ryan Fitzgerald should have been the specialist, or maybe Mastromano, but they gave Mastromano, it to a, man. They gave it to a punt returner from North Carolina. So well, uh, he did have a touchdown. Yeah, uh, I mentioned to bring this up on yesterday's show. I really did. I had it on in front of my screen, but for some reason did not uh, make mention of it. But shout out to the women's uh, soccer team. Yeah, or, me too, man. Thank or, you. Or the, the soccer team. We only have one of them around here, but they right. went up to Chapel Hill, played I think the number one team in the country, North Carolina, yep. and uh, Mimi Van Zanten. Uh, Tied it up in the 90th minute, if I'm not mistaken. The 90th minute, the last second, literally. Yeah. When the ball hits the net, there's one second on the scoreboard. 
Oh, I forgot. That's right. They have like an actual. They 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 don't yeah. have the ref with the unknown. No, it's not like yeah. you're waiting for international the three soccer. Whistles. Yeah. No, yeah, they actually yeah. had the clock going on the scoreboard. Yeah. There was one second left, um, and it was crazy. Like Florida State was up two to one. I oh Dudley, I think is her last name. She's a freshman. She's incredible. She Jordan scored Dudley. The, yeah, Jordan there Dudley. you go. She yeah. scored the first two goals for Florida State. They're up two one with like 25 minutes remaining. They give up the game tying goal, and then with like five minutes remaining, they give up the go ahead goal. And you're like, oh, and they were both kind of breakdowns. It's fine. Uh, but it's like, oh, man, you just let that one get away. And then they literally scored with one second left to tie the game. Unbelievable. I've never seen that before in soccer. Yeah. Buzzer um, beaters can happen, apparently. I, exactly so. And exactly right. So, yeah, man, that's a great – I was going to say a great win, but that's a great tie for that program. And they were down one of their best – I think they were down a couple of their best players. They were playing internationally somewhere. So they only had 16 uh, girls on the roster, 16 women on the roster, and Carolina had like 30. And so they were clearly tired, very, very spent and tired at the end of the game. But you know what? Still got that goal. How would you like being a keeper that gives up a goal with a mm, second left? Not great. Not great feeling. Hope that hurts, Carolina <laughs> goalkeeper. Uh, Hope it hurts. Uh, also, Mimi's a true freshman, the one that yeah. uh, netted the uh, game-tying goal. So uh, future's bright for every sports team in Florida State. Follow Ira on Twitter. He's my guy's out there tweeting on three uh, basketball recruiting updates too. So Ham's out there cooking. We think. I yeah, hope. he's got he's got some five stars that he's in the final three and five with. Bring a couple of those home, Leonard. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll probably take tomorrow off if you guys don't mind. Yeah, uh, uh, and it's not Aslan's fault. I've got tickets to the Braves game. Uh, gonna go see hopefully NL MVP Ronald Acuna uh, one last time before the playoffs start. So. Uh, and you, you can listen to me on headlines, and then we'll be back. It is plus an off week. It's a bye week. Yeah. Give us a break, guys. Yeah. We'll do a Renegade Express and then maybe a live show on Thursday, or maybe we'll, maybe. Break, or maybe we'll break up the uh, yeah. Renegade Express into two shows for you folks. But we'll have shows for you folks on Thursday and Friday. Um, man, you know, I want the Braves to do well for you. Uh, I'd like to see the O's do good for Ira. But, man, I hope, I hope the Braves win it just so Acuna can, you know, I don't know how it works in baseball you know, legacies and things like that. But the fact that he was not part of the team that, yeah. you know, won the World Series, I uh, really hope he's able to add that to his resume because apparently he's he's phenomenal. Well, he's uh, the best uh, He's the best Atlanta Braves player that's ever lived. I, obviously, Henry Aaron played for the Atlanta Braves, but he did – for his first half of his career was in Milwaukee. Yeah. But they've never had a player like this. This is unbelievable. Like, and it's crazy. I know you people don't listen to this show for this, but there's apparently a um, – you know, there's a not a controversy, but there's a real discussion about if Acuna or Mookie Betts should be the MVP. Mm. Acuna leads major leagues in hits, runs. He's the first player ever with a 40-60 season. He's got 40 homers and 68 stolen bases. He, he, he has 15 or 16 more runs than anybody else in the league. Uh, he leads in OPS. I mean, he just leads in like everything that matters. But Mookie Betts plays second base sometimes. So, and Mookie Betts is awesome, by the way. I'm not trying to – that's the problem is you start dismissing people. Yeah. And what he does defensively is ridiculous. He's an incredible outfielder, and he also plays second base at a major league level, which just isn't – I don't think Acuna could do that. But I also don't think Mookie Betts could steal, have a 40-70 season, yeah. which Acuna – I hope I see it tonight. hope I see him steal two bases tonight and be the first 40 – he's already the first 40-68 player in history, be the first 40-70 uh, player in history. But, yeah, he's incredible, man. He's incredible. Like him to run out a few more ground balls, but what are you going to do, man? He plays really hard. He runs when he has to. God love him. Uh, rules changes. You prove everything. Has it gone well? Been awesome. 
Okay. It's been awesome. I love it. I love everything about it. It's been a really cool, uh, it's just been a cool chase. I think they said that last year the games were three hours and five minutes. This year they're 242 or something like that. Sign me up. I love that. So they've they've saved 25 minutes. The bases are a little bit bigger, so there's more stealing. There's more action. I love that you can't, you have to pitch to at least three batters. I love the pitch clock. Everything they've done. I got rid of the shift. Mm. Everything oh, they've nice. done has really helped baseball uh, and, and improved the sport, in my opinion. Maybe the NCAA can learn how to shorten games and not ruin the spirit of the sport. I, I don't... Yeah, maybe maybe do – can you not do what they do in World Cup and just – if you need to get a commercial in, play it while the game is going on on first down. Yeah, like, like during the change it. of possession yeah, split screen or and, and as the first play is going on, do that. I mean, you're – Half the time you're talking to a mom or a dad in the crowd anyway. So instead of doing that, well, play Kessnick, a commercial. Quinn Kessnick's got a story for us down on the field, yeah, Corey. Let's he, go down to Somebody's going to tell us how hard Dion's working for the next <laughs> minute and a half. So instead of doing that, play a commercial as the game's going on. They do that in golf too. And then uh, and then let us keep the, the, the rules that we've had, the clock rules. Because I don't like that these games are 12 plays less than they were last year. And lastly, shout out to Dane and Cole uh, and several other people that were so nice and sitting along the rail at Clemson. And every time I'd go back and forth, they'd yell war chant at me or that oh, they love the show. I forgot to shout them out. So I don't know if they're listening to the Tuesday show one hour into it, but uh, I remember. Not. Did you go do a Lambo leap or anything with them when they won? <laughs> no, I should have. I should have started helping people go down. But I did the whole. Did you see the video I shot where like uh, I just walked around point of view video? I just walked around the entire field and just didn't say a word and just let the 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 scene is that tell on our, itself. Is that on our War Chant? Our yeah, YouTube channel? yeah, it's three oh, like three man. and a half well, minutes of me walking around. Go check well, it you out. You should now. have advertised that well, yesterday. Twelve thousand people have watched it. Thirty-five thousand people watched Norvell's post game. I'm saying if you'd advertise the. POV from on the field after the game, it'd be 50,000 that have watched that, Aslan. So, folks, go watch that. I'm about to as soon as we get done yammering right here. Seminal headlines, no hour number two from Corey because he's remote. Yeah. Next week, though. Next week. Next Next week, week. I promise. 1 to 3 o'clock, Seminal headlines, 93.3 FM, as well as Warchant TV, warchant.com. Plenty of content going up even though it is an off week, so stay connected. Thumbs up on the way out, please, if you don't mind. I think we might have earned it. Five-star rating interview as well. He's Corey. I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Warchant, presented by the Corner Pocket Barn Grill.